We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it's the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your hosts jason perone you can find me on twitter at jason perone and i'm also at game on wisconsin and do the quick slants podcast over there no Mark Eckel, Paul Brettel, unavailable to join in this week. So I have a guest from the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast who was not able to join his usual crew this week, Steve Perhatch. Steve, welcome to the Thursday show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of talked beforehand, and, and I gave Steve the rundown on the weather situation. And we've got a bunch, of course. So everyone's very excited that you're here, Steve. I'm going to credit you with all of the <laughs> participation in the weather game. So what I'm going to try to do is go from east to west, but I'll probably I'll probably like biff the geography and I'll I'll say somebody out of order, but you know, E for effort for me, I guess. <laughs> for <laughs> for for lack of a better term. So um we will start with uh, actually, we're going to start with our friend Ricard in Sweden, in Stockholm. So the high temperature drops from 7580 down to the low 60s. So they're starting to cool off a little bit over there. It's been warm in, in Europe. So they're in the low 60s over there. Some intense rain showers going on there. Great to have him back in the fold. It's been a little bit. And then our friend Robin Erickson in Oslo, Norway, he is uh, in the woods, forty-five minutes southeast, sixty-four degrees as well. So it's like you know, it's it's cooler weather. I mean, I guess we should probably preview a little bit. Are you down into the sixties yet? I don't. I haven't been following in Wisconsin. You're not that low. It's still summer there, right? Oh, still summer. I mean, high of eighty-three today or yeah, eighty-six you... today in Milwaukee. So I mean, at night it'll still cool down. Like I'll sleep with the windows open, but no, it's um, it's still still summertime here. So it's still warm. So all right. Well then. We've got Mark Heinle, who chimes in from Bavaria, Germany. I think it's his first time sending in weather, so thank you very much, Mark. Great to have you with us. He says weather ranging between 70 and 80. He's going to be vacationing in the U.S. soon, and he's very excited to make the trip to Lambeau and watch the home opener 
live. So he'll get to watch. He'll get to see the Bears suck live and in person. That's great. <laughs> that is uh, that is uh, awesome. Uh, Twitter has told me that the, the Bears are going to be amazing, and Justin Fields is going to light everybody up. So I everybody, don't know. I don't know. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's over with the Bears. The Bears are taking over the North, and we should all just. It's 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 futile, right? All right, <laughs> I can't. Even, I'm not even having anything good to quip for that yet. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit of bears at some point here in the show, and then our usual friend Felix from the, in Offenburg, southwestern Germany. Same thing between 55 and 74. So I feel like we're getting this this like contingent of European fans that are. In fact, um, one of our our fans here, Jiraj, who's actually in Brussels, Belgium where it's 80 degrees-ish, they just started a podcast. He's got a Croatian background. It's called Crow Pack Crow, and it's in Croatian. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, cool, right? Very cool. Very cool. So check out that podcast if you can, and thank you, Jiraj, for uh, for sending it, for sending the weather over. So I think I covered everybody in Europe there. We got a lot. We got a lot of weather. And then uh, our friend Mark Eckel wanted me to know that uh, it's 83 and sunny in North Myrtle Beach, uh, it was cloudy and rainy earlier in the week, but Mark is in Atlanta, where he said it's hot AF. That's all he sent me in the text. So that's <laughs> enough said there, right? On the on the East Coast, and then as we move over to the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, Steve, you already kind of talked about your weather a little bit. So still in the 80s. What's the humidity like? What do we got? Any rain? Anything else coming? Uh, it's good. Every day changes, man. Like we've had a couple of days. I think it was. Like Sunday was pouring rain and then, um, you know, then it's hot and humid and then it cools down. Like, so I, I alternate in my apartment between like opening windows, keeping the air conditioning on, like all sorts of, yeah, death. So all over the place. But today, today was a beautiful day outside. Awesome. And I did forget one. I have to, I apologize. I have to, I have to backtrack here. We forgot Rolf in Copenhagen. Um, and he said it's, uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit and bright sun. Rolf says, sent some weather to us before so i apologize got to make sure we get the danish weather report out there rolf so <laughs> did not mean to forget you there and then isaac hanks our meteorolo- meteorologist friend in, in northern illinois 80 degrees fahrenheit sunny and he's been talking about i talked about like la nina and how some of the weather has been kind of up and down and he talked about how the weather might be a little, little cooler this this winter in the midwest but uh, I talked about Kamloops, where our friend Harry lives, and, and it's really cold in the winter, really hot in the summer, and he said the reason for it is because it sits east, which is downslope from a major mountain range, and so it's based on the, the sun, the way the sun hits it, and then hot winds coming down off the mountain, which he said is, is called Chinook winds, if you care about the official terms. I've never learned so much about weather that, than I have doing this show, <laughs> and everybody else who... Who chimes in? Well, as, as expected here in the Phoenix area, it's still hot as hell. And in fact, we're actually finally in like normal Phoenix temperatures. It's like 105, 107, 108. We've actually been staying underneath because we had so much rain coming through over the past like three weeks. Every day we would get like a little rainstorm that would keep the 100 degrees at bay, which is kind of nice. But now we're making up for it. We're having a late summer and it's it's going to get up to 106 today. Oy, it's a dry yay. heat though, Steve. It's a dry heat. <laughs> I feel like people say that all the time just to make it sound like it's better, but it's still 106 degrees. Like that is exactly you're still like sweating down your back when you walk outside. Yes. And, and if you yeah. talk to anybody that lives but, out here, they will tell you everybody jokes that it's a dry heat, but it's still 108. That is correct. Yeah. So Harry and Kamloops high of 99. And this is like a part of Canada where it's like, he doesn't even get direct sunlight on his side of the mountain in the winter. So like there's a massive swing from, cold to hot so that's a lot of weather 
a lot of weather. It's cool, cooling off a little bit in Europe, still hot here in the U.S., and still hot in Western Canada. So there you have it. There's the weather report. Let's move to some Packers football talk. So your family, well, part of your family, Dusty and Sarah talked about the Packers roster cutdowns, which took place on Tuesday. And so I thought we would kind of talk about a little bit of a more activity that happened on Wednesday and then I'd give our takeaways on, on the roster itself. So the big news on Wednesday was the Packers signed safety Rudy Ford, who was previously with the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you haven't seen Andy Herman's video clips of this guy as a gunner on special teams, go watch it, especially if you're a Packers fan, because we're already starved for special teams help. And I think this team is going to need a lot of it. I was very underwhelmed by what they did in preseason. This guy looks pretty damn good, Steve. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you, you start to see things float around when uh, when he was cut two days ago. And I think Rappaport put out a note saying, you know, a couple teams tried to trade for him, but his $2 million price tag for a special teams ace was a bit high, so he got released. And then the first, like, 10 to 12 comments were all from Packers fans saying, like, yep, he's a future Packer, future Packer. Like, are you listening, Goody? All that, you know, all the fun Twitter stuff that happens. But, yeah, when Andy put out those highlights after it was announced that he signed, like, holy God, like, that's that's exactly what the Packers needed. And if, you know, everybody's arguing about who's going to be the last guy in the 53, but if you can go out on the street and find a free agent special teams ace, uh, that's then Goody did the absolute right thing and did what the Packers needed. Yeah, he's got six years of NFL experience, and it's interesting. Jacksonville, of all teams, I don't think they can afford to be letting good players go, but, you know, who knows? There's always other things and reasons why certain things happen, so we'll take it. I think that's that's going to be a nice nice um, injection of talent into the special teams for Green Bay, and he can play some safety, too. I mean, Dalen Levitt didn't look great in coverage in the opener, the preseason opener, and He's still on the roster and still hasn't been put on injured reserve either with that arm injury or shoulder injury. So looks like he might have a chance. So maybe safety isn't going to be as in as bad a shape as we thought. But Sean Davis was unfortunately waived injured. He wasn't wasn't healthy enough to start the season. And he looked like he had a chance to make the roster. In fact, I think he was on a, on a pace to do so, but just didn't work out from an injury perspective. So we'll see what ends up happening with him as as time goes on and if he gets a chance to... Uh, to get healthy but it's rare to see teams bring in players that they don't already have in camp at this point because you're getting ready to play in week one you've been with these guys all a lot of them some of them since the spring and some of them even you know in year two they've been with the team for a while they know the system they know the offense the defense that's really really important when you're you're talking about some of these players so to have Ford come in and be signed was a big deal and to make room for him Micah Abernathy was released sounds like the Packers want to try to add him back to the practice squad. So as far as the roster, Steve, any surprises for you in terms of what you were expecting and anybody that they kept or didn't keep? Uh, it is. We do have to note as well that Rudy Ford had a RAS score of 9.21. So that I'm sure that like, I'm, you you know, Goody's got a phone. Like it's just his RAS phone that pings every time anybody who's above a nine RAS score gets released that he's just like, Oh, sign him, sign him. So that one made me laugh a little bit, but uh, as far as the roster goes, man, I think, it went for the most part like I expected. Like you're you're arguing over the last couple of spots on the roster. You're arguing over are they going to keep eleven offensive linemen or ten offensive linemen, eight wide receivers, seven wide receivers. So, I mean, there's a reason that none of us on Twitter are actual GMs in the NFL. And so, you know, like kudos to the guys that can project out those like fifty out of fifty three. I think is the most accurate 
that was out there, which is super impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't super shocked by anything. I mean, I think Packers fans were really, really, um, upset. Caleb Jones was cut. They were, uh, like in, and again, like that we were, like you said, before we even started recording this, like it was like, people were pounding the table. He is going to get claimed. Like everybody that the Packers released, he's going to get claimed. He's going to get claimed. And look at that. None of them got claimed. They're all moving to the practice squad, um, building it pretty much the way that they wanted it. And again, so that kind of makes me think like, yeah, probably a good reason that I'm not a GM on this team, like, Mm -hmm. or any team in the NFL. Yeah. But overall, like, I think they went, they wanted to try to get some, some good depth on the offensive line. Maybe what, what it was, um, Heflin, I didn't, I didn't really understand that one. I thought he had played well enough to maybe make the 53. They got him back onto the practice squad. So, I mean, there's going to be so much moving around up and down between the practice squad and the 53 that, yeah, nothing super shocking. It blew my mind. I, I mean, I guess the only one I thought maybe Winfrey would have made the the roster. I thought he had played well enough in the three preseason games that he and and Aaron Rodgers has talked about him enough that he would have done it. But I mean, at some level, he kind of became Jay Kumaro 2.0. Uh, so right. that was kind of, you know, overall, nothing crazy shocking. Um, and then I guess the only other thing is that it looks like Mason Crosby is going to be uh, the kicker right away week one. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's really helpful. So, yeah, the Packers opted for Jonathan Ford on the defensive line. So you have to assume there's some upside there that they're thinking that they're going to get from him that they might not get from Heflin. I mean, Heflin probably more ready to play today. Jonathan Ford, two, three years down the road, I think they feel like he's got more to offer long-term, and they were able to get Heflin back on the practice squad. They also re-signed Juwan Winfrey to the practice squad as well, and you said Kumaro version 2.0. I think that was mostly related to what Rodgers had to say in support of him and that they they didn't end up keeping him. They kept Samari Toure. I mean, all of the draft picks ended up staying on the team, including Rasheed Walker. What about Rasheed Walker on the offensive line? So that was another surprising one because he didn't get any game action until the last uh, preseason game. But again, it, I think I think that's what the p- team was thinking and looking at there in terms of where are we going to be at with this guy two or three years from now versus someone else like a Caleb Jones. And let's not forget, too, Stephen, obviously everyone knows this. Jones was not drafted. He's not drafted for a reason. A guy that size, if he can play tackle and he's really good, he ain't going to be out there on the streets and available to to another team. So once again, you know, we as Packers fans and other teams, and other uh, fans of other teams do overvalue our players and we swear guys are going to get claimed and then sure enough I mean as I look and go through the the practice squad right now which we'll do in a minute I think I think they did fine I mean they got most of the guys back that they want but offensive line wise uh not a bad rookie class if you've got that many new players added to to this roster so this group is looking like they could be set up for a really nice run for a while and both Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari on the active roster as it stands, at least as of recording time right now, which is late Wednesday, neither have been put on injured reserve. So it looks like they're, they've got a chance to play sooner than later. I don't know about week one, but, but uh, not going to miss a ton of time. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the other takeaways too, is that it just, it shows that Gutekunst likes his draft picks and he's going to give them opportunities to succeed on the team. So, um, I mean, you see it like people were questioning whether Amari Rogers was going to make the squad, whatever, like a uh, third year draft, like, because around the league, you are starting to see a lot more GMs that will cut ties with players a lot earlier. Like we talked, um, you know, the bears picking up Leatherwood, uh, the Vikings cut 
a third and a fourth rounder from like the last two years. Like you're starting to see this teams aren't giving the four year, five year window for a rookie. Now they're like, yeah, if you're not performing and to be fair, some of it is new regimes coming in and they're, they don't have ties to that player they drafted anymore, but yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not waiting around, but it seems like Goody is heavily invested in his draft picks and believes that he's right on a lot of them. So he's giving the the benefit of the doubt to them. Yeah. And you got to give your personnel team at the nod. I mean, you you have them hired for a reason. You trust them. You expect they're doing their homework and a Rudy Ford, obviously the work doesn't stop once the roster is set. I mean, they're going to have to find some acquisitions in season. I mean, the roster we're talking about three months from now is not going to look like what it does right now. There's going to be injuries, players moving around, other things that will happen. It seems like every season there's some veteran that gets released in the middle of the year and there will be some you know big heated debate over whether the Packers should grab that player or not. There's probably <laughs> more moves to be made and that can go on well into the season too. So it's, it's going to be moving parts, moving parts too. You mentioned Leatherwood and you talk about Raz, Steve, his Raz score was really, really good. So that's kind of a cautionary tale of don't just use that. I mean, I know that that's one of the thresholds that Goody likes, but his Raz score was really, really good, but he obviously a first round pick from only a year ago being released 30, 31 other teams said no to a trade. So it's not always it's not always that. And it, it goes both ways. You've got some players who have poor RAS scores, but they translate really well to the field. For some reason, they just make a lot of plays on the field. It just, you never, you never know how that whole thing is going to shake out. But a lot of movement, a lot of players going left and right. As far as the practice squad, so here's what we've got. Danny Etling, Travis Fulgham, Rico Gafford, Tyler Goodson, Ladarius Hamilton's Jack Heflin, a lot of names people were worried about. Caleb Jones, Kobe Jones, who uh, I thought might have a chance to crack the roster. He didn't end up making it, but he's back. They did get Chris Slayton back on the practice squad, which I was very happy to see because I liked the tape that Slayton put out in the uh, in the preseason. Patrick Taylor, only two running backs, Kylan Hill on pup. So both Patrick Taylor and Goodson both ended up back on the practice squad. Cornerback uh, Keandre Thomas. And linebacker Ray Wilborn on the practice squad. Probably more moves to be made, but Steve, that's a pretty nice haul. I'd say, I'd have to say they didn't lose anybody that they really wanted to get back. I think I think that worked out well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, again, they're making smart moves. They kind of calculate some calculate calculated risks i'm sure of like well if we put these guys out on waivers maybe one or two of them get claimed but hopefully we'll get them all back so uh clearly they they know their their players they know their their talents and they were good enough to be able to get everybody back that they wanted now you mentioned having only two running backs too it'll be interesting to see if they take Amari Rodgers and use him as like that Debo Samuel out of the backfield type of running back for, for passing situations or, or whatever it is. Like I'm sure they're going to be creative, but I'm sure at some point there's going to be a third running back on this roster. So like you said, there's going to be plenty of movement, plenty of um, additions and subtractions to the 53. This is just the initial one, but we're also hard pressed and ready for football that we have to like dissect every every single bit of the 53. So that's what we're doing right now because that's what we all want to talk about. But yeah, it's going to be moving around quite a bit. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this, the practice squad. They got some really good talented people that I think they can develop um, and that could potentially be some players in the future. They've got three call-ups in, in the season for each player. So Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson can, can be called up three times this year. So if they want to do that while they're bridging the gap, if when Kylan Hill comes back or maybe one of those guys on seats Hill and becomes a third running back, I don't know. It's going to probably going to depend on special teams and what they can do, but they've got, they've got it covered. They've got a lot of options. It's not like they don't know what's happening or what's, what's going on. This is all part of the grander plan. And I think they obviously aren't going to cut a guy like Patrick Taylor. It seemed to me like Taylor was on his way to making the roster and they weren't going to cut him if they had an inkling or an idea that, there was another team that was was interested in him or was looking at him and might try to pluck him uh, from from the Packers. So they ended up being they ended up okay there. And then I think about a position group like like tight end. I know everybody wants to talk about Tyler Davis, and we will. He made the team, but I think we already knew that was going to happen. But that does to me it seems because Josiah DeGuard didn't have this phenomenal preseason. Mercedes Lewis didn't play at all. Robert Tunyon still working his way back from injury, but it's got to be encouraging at where they see Tanya being if they're bringing in Tyler Davis, who struggled so much that I, I wouldn't assume you'd see him at game action. He might play some special teams, but they've got to feel pretty good about what Tanya can do right away week one, even without having practiced or played in a game in almost 11 months, right? Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I think they'll probably feel good about easing him in, I'm assuming, um, that he might not be a full go, but they'll be they'll be kind of getting him in there uh, as much as they can in the in the right situations to make a difference. Because I mean, you, like again, you don't want to rush him back if he's not fully ready. And they feel I think they do feel good about those other guys. Like yeah, we may not feel great about Davis, but uh, you know, 
they do. And they, they are there every single day for practices and all those practices that we don't get to see. So, you know, there's something there. He's flashed a little bit. Um, maybe he's got a good report with Rogers, whatever, whatever it is, they had a reason for keeping him around. So again, like, I feel like it's enough to trust this, the, the personnel department. Um, but you know, maybe they didn't see that as somebody that they can eventually get down to the practice squad and they didn't want to release him right away. And it's a corresponding move that'll have, who knows, who knows, but for right now they've got him there and, um, we'll see. I mean, he's yeah, probably not going to see a lot of a game time, but it's nice to have somebody there just in case. Well, Nate Becker with uh, with one year in was in camp, but he was uh, placed on injured reserve. So there was a you know was there a chance that he might have unseated Tyler Davis? I don't know. It just seemed like the coaches were talking about Davis, and despite his absolutely abysmal preseason, I can't think of a preseason that went worse for a player in Packers history. And I've watched a lot of Packers football. They just, there's, there's something about him that they really like. And it's like, you know, I I have always said, I trust this front office and coaching staff. They have no reason. We have no reason not to because of how successful they've been. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards, okay, you know what you're doing. That's fine. And don't forget too. I think we're going to see a lot of different variations in this offense on the field. I'm really looking forward to seeing the, I guess it called the pony package when both Jones and Dylan are on the field at the same time. That's what it's called, right? When they're both out. Yeah, I'm looking so. forward to seeing Dusty, that. I, Dusty I think he that talks I, about that a lot. Yeah, you know, and you know when he talks, uh, sometimes I just get this glazed look over my face because we, like, we give him such a, an avenue to talk about the the all the offense and stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love Dusty. He he's amazing and at explaining it. But like you know, week in and week out, I think Sarah and I both kind of sit there like, all right, it's time for Dusty to talk now. And he just you know goes for 20 minutes and. uh but no, he's a he absolutely loves that package, and I think he's talked about it multiple times how they they think that it's going to be more um, used a lot more this this year. So that's when you when he starts, you guys just kind of put yourself on mute, go get yourself, you refill your drink. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. Stretch. I, just, I, I lean back. I mean, he's always watching his his movies during the podcast, and that's when I'll just do a double check on Twitter, see if anything else has popped up. Uh, you know, just play around on the phone until I finally get the cue of him like winding things down. Um, and then, yeah, then we, then we move on. Dusty is a solid human being. And he was you know, tweeting out one of his latest movie watches on Tuesday evening. If you want to go back and check his timeline and uh, see the fun conversation that ensued there. But yeah, I mean, it's this, there's a, it's a lot of different faces. As I look through this roster, youth, different players, they're not, they're not looking for, uh, you know, the, or I shouldn't say not looking for, but they didn't have the same patience level with players that were injured. It's like if you weren't available and you weren't ready to go, they weren't going to keep you around. They didn't wait around. They wanted players that were healthy, available to them. I know in years past, they've given a little bit more leeway to players that they hoped might be able to come back. I mean, I look at, again, I go back to Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, and that would seem to me, and I don't know what your your thoughts are. We're not doctors, but that would seem to me like, you know, there's a good chance we're going to see one or both of those guys Hopefully by, I point to that week three game because it's on the road at Tampa and I really want them to be at full strength for that one. I think that's an important one. I want them to, to try to, to win that one. It's going to be tough because anything to keep from, I don't, you know, home field advantage has not really proven to be a huge advantage for the Packers over the past couple seasons. So I don't want to overplay the number one seed, but there are certain places I don't want them to have to go and Tampa would be one of them. I think it would be great if, if either or both of them could come back. And if they can, how rich is this offensive line? Oh man, I mean, 
we were uh, we've all been worried about it all off season. It's like is Bakhtiari gonna be ready to go? Is Elton Jenkins gonna be ready to go? But what it did was it gave these young kids like more opportunity to play and get that experience in preseason games in camp with the number ones. And then all of a sudden when these two guys are back and playing, like all of a sudden you have such high level backups that like the Packers always have, it's these guys that can be put in different spots, no matter who goes down. There's always somebody that, you know, that rotational guy of like Elton Jenkins who could go, go from left tackle to right tackle to center to guard, move all over the place. They've got those guys and that's what they, they value. And, and again, like they picked some great rookies this year and um, I mean, high quality backups that probably could start for the Packers, if not a lot of teams right now. Yeah. So Samari Toure is going to be interesting to me. I'm looking at, you've got Amari Rogers, Samari Toure, both on the wide receiver depth chart, both played a lot of special teams. And if there's one thing we talked about Ford and what he can do on, on the kick coverage, but the Packers need a dynamic guy with the ball in their hands for once on punt returns, kick returns, provided they can feel the ball first. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and if they're given an opportunity to return the ball, cause most kickers can kick it into the end zone. You talked about Crosby before, and I'm glad he's back for his field goal accuracy, but his kickoff ability, that's going to be something where they're going to need to have a good coverage unit. Cause he just doesn't seem to be able to bury it. But how comfortable are you feeling right now in the return game with Amari Rogers? And if it's, if Samari Toure is going to get any, any reps uh, with him back there, if they're going to call on him for that. And I know that dubs took some snaps as well. It's going to be somebody who's young and doesn't have a lot of experience. And special teams is once again that thing where we're all kind of like covering our eyes with with a couple <laughs> fingers, hoping that we don't have something bad happen. Yeah, it's I'm not comfortable with that package back there. But <laughs> what the what the hell am I going to do? Like, I, there's nothing I can do. I like you said, you sit back and you like cross your fingers and pray. Or you know, it's it's that meme that goes around of like the three dragons where it's like Packers offense, Packers defense and special teams. That's got, it's like tongue sticking out. And uh, you hope that uh, the new coach is going to be able to do some things. And, you know, it seems to have some piss and vinegar and some fire with them. And hopefully that'll amount to something, but I mean, preseason games are there and you don't have the right amount of people on like punt returns or, or field goal blocks or like small stuff like that, that you hope, will be better because I mean, it can't be worse. It mm-hmm. can't be any worse. Like mm. <laughs> eh, we that say bad. that probably. Yeah. You would, you would think it couldn't be worse, but like if they could get to like average, just like 15th, like that would be gr- amazing. And yeah. So, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith right now, but you know, right now I'm a, I'm a clean slate of like, it's a new season. We'll, we'll see how this, how they do at the beginning of the year. Like this isn't last year's team. So you've got to give them the opportunities and hope and pray that something goes well. 15th would be like an, a, a astronomical improvement <laughs> from last oh, yeah. in the league. Oh yeah. I mean, 15th, honestly, I mean, on a previous show, I talked with Mark about it and I said, Hey, even if they go up, even if they just finish in like the top 20, or even if they're like in the, in the low twenties, Right. I mean, it's still a huge jump. It's it is. It's a huge jump. And that's why I want to be realistic. It's like I don't think that Rich Bisaccia is this savant that's all of a sudden. I mean, they still had problems getting the right number of guys on the field in in preseason. And I put that partly on the coaching staff. And it's like, well, across all these different coaching staffs and with Bisaccia being this highly coveted coach and they're still having this problem. The only thing I could come up with 
anymore is that maybe their special teams are just cursed or something. I don't know if they made a deal. <laughs> they made a deal with the devil at some point. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, another point that was made, Bruce Irons actually made this on, on Twitter. Uh, good observation by him about this, the, the kicking unit, right? Mason Crosby, it's great that he's back. He's going to be the kicker because he's got a lot of experience and he's kicked at Lambeau in a lot of cold weather games. And I think, you know, uh, Ahmed, who was in there in camp, has got his, has a big leg, but you don't know how he would do in the cold. But you've got Jack Coco snapping, who's a rookie. Pat O'Donnell's new to the team. Mason Crosby's been here for a while. They have not spent a lot of time together, right? So yeah. as far as a, a kicking battery, if you will, like it's almost like a pitcher and catcher, like that haven't played together much before. I don't, you know, I don't know how much concern there is because Crosby had his struggles last year I mean this was on PATs and that you know we all remember that Bengals game and how bad that was too <laughs> I mean how concerned uh, so how, how how concerned are you I mean I guess it's kind of a silly question you're probably like well I am concerned but I mean is your or are maybe are you a little calmer if you're like hey it's Crosby I feel good about it and he bounced back because remember he bounced back well after 2012 so yeah. we've seen him do it before no, I think there's there's valid points to be be concerned about. Like it's gonna it takes a little time to get that um, get everybody's tendencies down and and kind of figure that stuff out. I mean, it's not just as simple as like oh snap the ball, kick the ball. Like that's not as simple as as that. And so um, I mean, and we saw it last year. There were there were issues between the long snapper, the holder, and Crosby multiple times where he's like not ready to kick the ball and it's not put where he wants it. Like all sorts of just little intricacies that go into kicking a football that you don't think about, but are very real. And if he doesn't have the timing down with them yet, yeah, I actually, like, I expect some kicking hiccups within the first couple of weeks. I expect hopefully they'll get it figured out, but yeah, I mean, week one, week two, week three, week four, probably. Yeah. A couple of hiccups wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Well, and I, the, those first couple games are going to be, it's, it's going to be much like that. Although what I did like to see and see, I don't know if you saw this, on Wednesday, they had a very game-like simulated practice. Like, they had the clock running, and they were switching subbing guys in and out. And Aaron Rodgers spoke afterwards and said, hey, I really like this format. This is almost more useful than a preseason game because, obviously, you can control the environment, who gets hit, what, who doesn't get hit, and versus a preseason game where you can't control some of that stuff. So they're not – it's not for a lack of effort for the Packers doing something different and trying to do different things to get this team ready to play – week one and not have the same stinking stinker that they had last year against the saints and come out hot. And again, it's a divisional game against the Vikings. It's a pride point. There's a lot of reasons to want to win that first game in Minnesota, by the way, uh, you, you uh, brought up the Jalen Rager acquisition. Um, They had to have signed him simply from his special teams performance against the Packers a couple years ago when he was with the Eagles, right? (laughs) Uh, I did. I did read a couple of things saying that he that he is going to be used for kick and punt returns. I think for yeah. the Vikings, uh-huh. and then yeah, just see what happens. I mean, it's a conditional fourth round pick that they sent over that could decrease to a fifth. Like for a f- former first round talent, I think it was drafted two years ago, um, two or three years ago. So I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if the Packers would have done something like that, you know take that back when they have like 18 guys in their wide receiver room, they probably didn't have the need for that at this point, but um, for a guy that hasn't really produced in the NFL, but yeah, I mean, for the Vikings, that's a, it's a good move. It's not anything I loved seeing, um, but bringing in a talented kick returner, punt returner to a division team. So um, 
yeah, that was kind of one of the things that broke today. And then, yeah, Leatherwood to the Bears was the other thing too. So, Well, the Bears have been trying to find, and I, we talked about it before we started, they've been trying to find their tackle of the future for – how many years, decades now? I mean, they and they they bring in guys like they had Jason Peters. They had Orlando Pace at the end of his career. They brought guys in. It just hasn't really come together, and it doesn't really matter if you don't have the quarterback behind it to make it work or to make it worthwhile. So, I mean, God bless them for trying, but they're still the Bears, and we all know what 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 the Bears still do. So that's that's going to be an interesting one there too. I mean, a first round pick from a year ago. That's like I mentioned earlier. That's that's gone. I mean, he's got the athletic tools, but can he play in the NFL? And if 30, 31 other teams said, nah, I don't think so. Uh, Cause I remember there were some people that wanted that he was being mocked to green Bay. And there were some people that thought he might be a good fit for the Packers. And so you got to give Goody a lot of credit and his, one of the position groups that his staff and he has been really good at finding has been the offensive line. And as I look at this offensive line roster, I won't say I'm not nervous about week one because I know they're going to put Jake Hansen at right guard. They're going to have Royce Newman out there at right tackle if Elton Jenkins is not able to play. And if Bakhtiari can't play at left tackle, we're, we're facing the real possibility that these guys who aren't real seasoned and known for handling really good pass rushers aren't going to be up against it with Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith coming at them on the other side. But again, the offensive line is, is one area where we talk about areas of concern and obviously special teams and all that kind of stuff. But the offensive line is one area where it's like if we, just, if we look beyond this season even, I think they're they're in really great shape, and if we're looking at a quarterback transition, that's also got to make us feel a little bit more, uh, a little less uneasy about that, knowing that hey, whoever's in there is at least going to be well protected. Yeah, I mean that's kind. It looks like you can kind of see that if Aaron Rodgers does depart, or when Aaron Rodgers departs from the Packers, and it's probably within the next two years. Um, maybe three, I don't know, but, or it could be one, who knows, but they're setting up a team with a stellar defense with a big offensive line and two high quality running backs, making the life of that quarterback much easier. So the only thing lacking now would be some high, highly athletic wide receivers, but they went out in the draft and they got Watson, they've got dubs. And all of a sudden, if those guys start to click now, if Jordan Love or whoever their next quarterback is going to be is an effective quarterback, like you can be a game manager and really win with this team. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. As I look through that, so as I look through the roster, if there's a player that was, I guess it would be easy to pick one that wasn't with the team. So let's pick somebody that was with the Packers last year and maybe not injury related who didn't contribute as much that you think might be a bigger contributor this year, not necessarily like a star or or have like a breakout season, but somebody who it's like, wow, he's been with us for a while. And now he comes into his own and makes a bigger impact uh, this year, whether it's someone on the offensive line, D line, uh, one of the defensive backs. Um, Who do you think that that player could potentially be out of anybody that's, that's likely to line up early in the season for this team? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done i mean i guess maybe this is a hopeful thing but it's, i feel like it's been my answer for the last couple of years but darnell savage is that if he can put it all together, like he's got the talent, like you've seen him flash the speed, you've seen him flash the playmaking skills, just not for consistently for a long time. And if that aspect gets shored up with Adrian Amos being the rock that he is and now having Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, and Jair Alexander, man, that back end, like we already feel great about the back end, maybe not the depth of it, but if, if Darnell Savage can really start making some plays, all of a sudden – like they are, they are top tier, like top three secondary in the NFL. Yeah, no, well, and no better place to start out than Week One than Minnesota, the game where he could have iced it last year if he would have hung out of that interception, and mm-hmm. he wasn't able to. Actually, he had one that was taken away by penalty, and another one that was dropped, and then maybe that game ends a little bit differently. But yeah, I mean, it's we've been waiting for Darnell Savage to break out now for the last couple seasons and he's finally healthy enough. I mean, fortunately he was able to avoid major injury. He didn't play much in the preseason. He didn't practice much after he uh, kind of tweaked his hamstring earlier on. So hopefully that injury isn't going to linger and that he was able to get some rest and he's ready to go. But the Packers are going to need him because that safety depth, I feel better with Ford. I mean, he actually had some decent tape as, as a safety too. I feel a lot better with him back there than I do with, with Levitt, but the safety group gets real thin, and that's what any any team is going to get thin behind your starters. But the safety depth seems pretty thin for the Packers. So going to need both Amos and Savage a big time. I think that's a really good one. I mean, I would love to say like a Jonathan Garvin. I'd love to see Jonathan Garvin turn a corner, speaking of guys. that, But he just, you sure. know, I don't. I think he's there for depth, and I, I don't think if he, if he was going to be great, I think we would see a little bit more signs of it. Maybe he, does, maybe he will be this year because he's going to get snaps. I mean, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are going to need rest. So he's going to get snaps. He's going to get a chance to go in there. I don't know how quickly Enigbari is going to see the field as a rookie. And Tipa Nalai is really not hasn't really proven to be a big producer at at pass rush. So I'd love for it to be Garvin, but I'm going to go with McDuffie, Isaiah okay. McDuffie, because I hope that because I don't know that he's going to get a ton of opportunities necessarily. But Quay Walker's still a rookie, right? McDuffie's at least got one year on him. He looked really good in preseason. Now I know that was against twos, threes, and fours. That wasn't against starters or anything like that. And I could see McDuffie also being a guy where if they play him too much, his tape doesn't do him any favors because he gets washed out and he's just, there's a reason he was doing well against players that aren't going to be starting. But just such a huge turnaround for that linebacker group in the middle because obviously we know that Devondre Campbell is going to be really, really good and Quay Walker is going to get plenty of chances to play. Look great during during the regular during the preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, his speed side to side. It's like, you know, the days of Blake Martinez looking at the back of someone's jersey are gone. Like, I mean, I just think back to the NFC Championship game against the Niners, for example, and like, you've got to feel better about that linebacking crew. What a turnaround on the inside there, and maybe the middle of the field finally is not only just you know not manned well, but it's like a no fly zone. Yeah, I mean, you're fully speaking my language at this point now when we're talking inside linebackers because I've been beating the drum for the last, like, 10, 12 years of, like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And I What are they not remember, doing? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's way more accurate. And, like, all of a sudden news comes out of re-signing Devondre Campbell to his, extension, to his extension. And all of a sudden, like, first round, Quay Walker. I remember sitting, watching that draft, I'm like, what? what is happening right now? Like they go from 
no draft capital, no investment of money in the in the position to now a first round pick and multiple like a, a huge multi year contract. Like it's gonna be really exciting to watch this team because it feels a little bit more like that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense with you know with Devin White in there. Um, you've got this guy that can these two guys that can move sideline to sideline now and be super effective and uh, it's it's a real part of the that that needs to be that needed to be addressed for a long time, and I'm just so happy that they finally did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we're now a week and a half away from real football. The Packers are going to open up on the 11th against the Vikings. It's almost, I mean, Steve, it's crazy. It's almost like to, we're almost going to get an injury update. There's gonna be like the first injury report to me on the Wednesday is like it's real. Okay, now this is a real mm-hmm. game. Like we get back into the the routine of like. All right, Monday's like what happened? Who was hurt? Tuesday's the day off. Wednesday's the first injury report. So, I mean, we're one week away from knowing who's going to be healthy enough or not healthy enough to play in that first game. And obviously, we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be ready to go and get that offense going. And we'll get a chance to see some of these shiny new toys like Sammy Watkins and see what Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs can do. You got Randall Cobb out there, and it's Packers, Vikings. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up pretty much for this edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Thanks for filling in, man. I really appreciate it. It's nice to have a little infusion of the Wednesday crew and the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Um, remind everybody where they can find you if they're not already following you like they should be. Yeah, just on Twitter at Steve Perhatch. Um, yeah, I appreciate coming on. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's always good to talk to some other people about the Packers. I mean, here here we go. We we had we thought we had like a couple of things to talk about, and we're rapidly approaching an hour. So that's that's the way it goes, and I love it. No, I absolutely do too. Now I apologize. I didn't have any fun movies on in the background, and I didn't go on any diatribes or anything <laughs> like that. But I'm also nowhere near as smart as Dusty Evely or Sarah, so I can't. I, I have an excuse, like you know. No, I, I appreciate the fact that you paid attention when I was talking to her. <laughs> it's so it was so nice. And then yeah, no, obviously I miss Sarah, but I was. You know, you, clearly you're not as young as her, so I can't make any jokes about you know Kool Aid, her drinking Kool Aid, or kitty, you know, goldfish crackers or whatever. But yeah, make sure to tune in next week. We'll get back at it. And I, the other thing I was going to say too is, you know, you were talking about next week, and we're like all those things that are going to be happening. But super exciting too is that the Pack a Day podcast is going to be back to our regular scheduled programming where everybody's breaking things down in the game that's coming up. So that's, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we always, on the Wednesday one, we break down the Packers offense versus the defense that's going on. So that'll be really exciting to, because as much as I give Dusty crap, he's always really good at breaking things, those things down. And real like I've said multiple times, I learned so much from being on the podcast from with him. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to, to get back to the normal schedule again. No, that's cool. And the Thursday show is the def- as Packers defense against the opposing offense. So we're back-to-back days. We're kind of like the scouting report, which will be a lot mm-hmm. of fun. That'll be really cool. So, well, thanks again, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody else, for riding along on the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. It's almost the weekend. The weekend is almost here. Thanks, everyone, who sent in your weather. Send us your tweets, your questions. Any other weather that you have, we'll make sure to get it included on the show. In the meantime, I hope everybody is enjoying their summer or what's left of it. I guess we had a little bit of time left in there. So wherever you're at, hope you're staying cool, stay hydrated, and as always, go Pack Go.